There he is, folks. You laughed with him in the movie Wake Island, and soon you'll see him in Two-Faced Quilligan as a man with two beautiful women madly in love with him. Yeah. Why was I ever cursed with this fatal charm? The American Meat Institute presents William Bendix in the Life of Riley. people of America, providing a great food for a great nation in great quantities. Yes, tremendous quantities. For by the close of this year, according to final estimates by the American Meat Institute, the livestock producers and meat packers will have provided the all-time world's record total of more than 25 billion pounds of meat for our fighters, our allies, and our folks at home. This is the biggest meat-producing job ever done by any meat-producing country in the history of the meat-eating world. And now, on behalf of all those engaged in supplying meat to the nation, the American Meat Institute presents The Life of Riley. Some weeks ago, Riley helped his son, Junior, with his algebra homework and by getting every problem wrong, almost wrecked the local school system. When things finally got straightened out, Riley discovered that he had been signed up by Junior's teacher, Miss Jessup, to attend her classes at adult night school. Ever since then, Riley's been wrestling with algebra two nights a week, because in his own words, I figure like this, Junior. With this night school education, after the war, I'll get an office job. I'll sit with my feet up on a desk. Sounds swell, Pop. Maybe I'll even get to be an executive, and then I'll have two desks, one for each foot. <laughs> Boy, that'd be great if you were an executive. Then when I graduate from college, you can make me a vice president. Oh, nothing doing, Sonny. You're starting at the bottom of the ladder, just like I did. Now, let me finish my homework. How's the algebra coming, Pop? Oh, pretty good. Only the teacher, Miss Jessup, keeps on asking me to find eggs. Other women her age are trying to find love or a husband or both. But all this dame wants to find is X. Oh, I know, Miss Jessup, Pop. Don't forget, she teaches me algebra in the daytime. You know, every time I ask her how you're doing, she kind of changes the subject. Well, <laughs> you know, teachers, they don't like to brag. <laughs> but uh, just between you and me, Last night, she said I was the only pupil whose IQ equals X, the unknown quantity. Well, I hope you do good in your algebra test tonight. Oh, I ain't worried about that test, because I probably won't be there to take it tonight. I was sort of planning to go to the ice rink with Joe Hickey. Gosh, Pop, that's playing hooky. Well, if you want to put it that way, I'm playing hooky to see some hockey with Hickey. <laughs> Listen, Pop, you gotta take that test tonight. And you gotta get the best mark in the class. I'm depending on you. Well, Junior, it's nice that you're so interested in your father's education, but what do you mean you're depending on me? Well, Adolph O'Brien's old man is in your class. Yeah, Egghead O'Brien, yeah. And Adolph was bragging how his father is the smartest one in your class. <laughs> is he kidding, Junior? <laughs> that guy O'Brien is the next thing to an idiot. 
I ought to know he sits right beside me. <laughs> oh, that's what I think. So I bet you'd get a higher mark than Mr. O'Brien. I put up cool cash. Junior, if I've told you once, I've told you twice. I never want you to gamble. Oh, gee, Pop. Gambling's for suckers. When you bet your hard-earned money on a horse race or a prize fight, how do you know that the horse race or the prize fight ain't been fixed? But, Pop, this is different. I'm not betting on a race or a fight. I'm betting on your brain. Oh, yeah, that's true. It is a little different. My brain can't be fixed. <laughs> uh, how much money did you bet on me, son? A nickel, Pop. <laughs> That's what I like about you, Junior. You're a gambling fool. Juhu, Mr. Riley. Time for school. O'Reilly, there's somebody calling you. Yeah, that's, that's Waldo Binney from next door. He, he goes to the night school, too. I'm coming, Waldo. Hurry up, or we'll be tardy. <laughs> okay, Waldo. Say, Peg, I want to bring Miss Jessup some of that swell chocolate cake we had for supper, huh? Here's some, Riley. Uh, don't knock off the frosting. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, look, look, Junior, let me take your lunchbox to carry it in, huh? Oh, okay, Pop. Hang it on my hook in the coat room, and then if you forget it, I'll find it. Uh, uh, where's my books? Where's my pencil box? Oh, oh, here, huh? I'm off to school. Good night, Peg. Good night, dear. Good night, son. Well, good night, Pop. Watch how you cross the street. <laughs> Time is up. The class will please hand you in all examination papers. I said time is up, Mr. Riley. Oh, gee, Miss Jessup, this is the only place where there's a law against overtime. Hurry, Mr. Riley. Hand in your paper. Mr. Riley, you have the most amazing faculty for always being late. You were also late for class tonight. Yeah, I, I know, teacher. On my way to school, I had to stop in the barber shop for a shave. <laughs> anyway, here's my test paper, and uh, here's some chocolate cake. You can eat some of this delicious cake while you're marking my test paper. <laughs> Thank you. Well, just put your paper on the desk with the other. Oh, sure, here. Uh, and I'll put the cake right next to it so you'll know it's my cake. <laughs> uh, one more thing, Mr. Riley. Mm -hmm. You were talking all during the test. In the future, I want you to sit in this front seat, near me. Yes, ma'am. See, Waldo, I've been promoted. <laughs> Good night, Mr. Riley. Good night, Mr. Billy. Good night. Good night. Uh, Mr. Riley, she didn't seem at all impressed with your chocolate cake. Uh, Waldo, I, I, I'm worried about my test. I, I think I'll leave her a little note. I'm going to spread the old oil. Let's see, uh, what'll I say? Uh, uh, say, how about a poem? You know, uh, roses are red. Violets are blue, this cake is crumbly, and so are you. Waldo, huh? how could you say a thing like that about our teacher? I don't know, Mr. Riley. When I get out of the house and away from my wife, I'm just a savage beast. <laughs> Let's see now. <laughs> What'll I say in the note now? Writing poetry. Yeah, teachers like poetry. Let me see now. 
Oh, uh, uh, dear Miss Jessup, roses are red, violets are blue, the chocolate cake is awful sweet, and so is Miss Jessup. <laughs> Good morning, Beth. Oh, oh, good morning, Dad. What's the joke? How was school last night? Okay, why? Oh, who'd have believed it? My own father, a Casanova. Who's a Casanova? I'm a citizen of Brooklyn, and you know it. <laughs> but, Dad, Casanova was a great lover. Oh, well, what's that got to do with me? Oh, I found this note in the lunchbox you took to school last night. Note? I don't know anything about no note. Dearest Chester, darling. Chester, darling? Dearest Chester, darling, I guess I must be in love. I watch you all during class, and, and I hate to hear the bell ring because it means we must part. Babs, I don't get this. Lately, you don't smile at me so much, and I think you're fickle. I never smiled at her. Oh, oh so you know her. No, 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 I, I don't know her at all. Look, Babs, there's, there's nothing to this, but your mother might not understand. She don't know about this yet, does she? No, not yet. Oh, boy, what a relief as long as she don't know. Hey, what do you mean, not yet? You're not going to tell her? No, but she'll find out when this woman comes here tomorrow morning. She, she, she's coming here? Let me see that. I can't show you how I really feel with the class around, so I will call for you Saturday noon with a nice big basket of lunch. We will go on a picnic all alone together. Babs, i got to find out who this picnic woman is before she comes here. Your mother will never forgive me. She don't like me to eat other women's cooking. Well, Dad, I think you better tell Mother about this. She won't believe me. Somehow I can never keep a straight face when I'm telling your mother the truth. <laughs> well, go on, Riley. I'm listening. Yeah, Dumplin'. Well... Well, 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 this here fella who, who, who's in my class at yes, school... Yes, she told me that part. He got this mash note from some woman in the class. Go on. Yeah, well, well, he, he says he, he don't know who wrote oh, it, so... Oh, I don't believe him. Uh, but, but, but Dumplin', he swears... I don't that care th if he swears till he's black and blue. I still don't believe him. Women don't write love notes to married men unless they're encouraged. Pass the toast, Riley. Oh, uh, here, Dumplin'. You know the saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, How old's this friend of yours? Huh? Oh, uh, well, he, he's, he's about my age. Mm, no fool like an old fool. <laughs> Friend ought to be ashamed at his age. Puppy love. Well, in this night school, the kind of women we got in the class, it's more like old dog love. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, my, my, my friend is sure in a spot. You don't think he should tell his wife he don't know this woman? Well, he can try, but no woman in her right mind would believe a cock and bull story like that. Uh, uh, that's what I think. <laughs> Look, Dumplin', uh, uh, supposing I was the fellow who got the love notes. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> Don't be silly, Riley. Who's going to write you love notes? <laughs> Pass the sugar. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh, well, well j just suppose, just, just let our imaginations run amok. J just suppose this... Here, woman showed up at our house tomorrow, like she says in the note, to take me on a picnic. Uh, what, 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 what would you do? Hmm? Well, I don't know exactly, but I can tell you this much. It wouldn't be a picnic for either of you. Oh. Well, what's the matter, Riley? Why are you pushing your eggs away? 
haven't even touched him. Uh, there's this friend I'm talking about took away my appetite. Oh, stop feeling sorry for your friend. He deserves everything he's going to get. Yeah. Something tells me he's going to get plenty. <laughs> is at her head off his unknown girlfriend before she breaks up his unhappy home. We'll find out about it in just a moment. In the meantime, this is Ken Niles with an idea guaranteed to smooth the furrows out of any meal planner's brow. Let me set the stage, or rather set the platter. In the center is a generous piece of appetizing meat. It might be lean beef brisket. It might be tender beef tongue, or a rosy pork hock, or flavorsome pork knuckles. Or it could easily and deliciously be breast of lamb. Artistically framing this meat is a mound of steaming cabbage, neatly stacked carrots, potatoes with skins on or off, a turnip or so, a set of onions, and maybe some tasty celery leaves. A good, hot, savory, nutritious, delicious wintertime meat dish. But what is that meat dish? It's old-fashioned, but it's stylish these days. It's as American as Yankee Doodle. What is it? What do you say, Mrs. Riley? My boiled dinner, of course. Ah, you're right. I've just described a typical all-American boiled dinner. But here's a tip. Don't really boil a boiled dinner. Just simmer it in a little water and put in each of your vegetables at the proper time so they'll all get done at the same time. And remember, no matter what meat you use for a boiled dinner, it gives you those highest quality bodybuilding proteins. Meat, you know, is a yardstick of protein foods because meat measures up to every protein need. <laughs> And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. Riley has confided to his friend Waldo Benny about the unknown woman in their night school class who wrote Riley a love note. And Riley knows he had better head off this mysterious admirer before she shows up at his house this noon to take him on a picnic. And now we find Riley and Waldo wearily trudging the streets after several hours of fruitless investigation. Waldo... You're a real pal going into them four different women's houses and asking them if they wrote this note? Well, what's the matter, Waldo? Oh, my aching back. <laughs> that last one, Miss Zabisco, when I asked her if she was in love with you, she threw me down the stairs. Oh, then I guess she ain't. Waldo, if, if I don't find out who sent me that note in a hurry, I'm, I'm going to be in an awful fix. Yeah. <clears throat> Miss Pepperito's our last suspect. There's where she lives, Riley, in back of that fruit store there. Uh, that big guy in there is her father. Well, I might as well face it. Go on in, Waldo. I'll wait here. <laughs> no, Mr. Riley, I'm too exhausted. Uh, well, this is the showdown. If I don't get Miss Pepperito to give me up, I'm cooked. Well, here goes. Good evening, Mr. Pepperito. No cigarettes, sir. I didn't come about cigarettes. Well, I'm a busy man. Now, what do you want? Well, I, I, I uh, wanted to see, uh, uh, speak to, to, to Miss Pepperito. My name is Chester Riley. Oh, Chester Riley. That's a fine Italian name. <laughs> <laughs> so you were about to see my little Margarita. <laughs> sit down, yeah. sit down. No, 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 oh, no. Oh. Here on the tomatoes. Here on the potatoes. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, well, where is your daughter? Right now, she's a shaving. <laughs> shaving? Oh, sure, sure. She's a lady barber. 
Uh, downtown. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I can talk to you about it. It's very important. Oh, sure, sure. In these cases, it's a good idea to talk over with the papa. <laughs> now, what are you going to talk about, the sonny, huh? <laughs> now, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's about a, a note, a, a love note. Oh, the love. <laughs> oh, sonny, me. Mr. Pepperito, Mr. Pepperito, no, look. Oh, wait, Mr. Pepperito. Excuse me. When it's a come to love, I'm an old sentimental piece. <laughs> now, what about the decent note, huh? Well, maybe I'd better read it to you. Yes, it goes like this. I love you. I'm a love you. I watch you all during class. Uh, and I hate to hear the bell ring because it means we must part. Uh, you want for me to show this note to Margarita? Yeah, and... Yes. You're too bashful to propose a face-to-face, huh? No, no. That's okay. It's no shame. <laughs> but don't you worry. For Margarita, I must say yes. Congratulations. Here come. Kiss your puppy. No, no, no. Don't do that. Here, here. Have a bunch of grapes. Delicious grapes. Oh, I'm so happy. After 40 years, Margarita, at last, she get married. <laughs> oh, this is a great year. First, Italy, she's a liberate, and now me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You're making a mistake, Mr. Pepperito. I'm a man with two kids. Who cares? A... Margarita, she's a nuts about the kids. Here, have some more grapes. <laughs> Sleeveless grapes. <laughs> well, thanks, but I'm already married. I, I, I got a wife, Mr. You're Pepperito. You're married? Yeah. You should be ashamed. You should hang your face up. Mary man like you is to write love notes to my Marguerite. I didn't write this note. I want to find out if Margarita wrote it. Oh, why you not say so before? How could I? Every time I open my mouth, you shoved a bunch of grapes in it. <laughs> well, uh, let me see the note. Uh, no, no, this is no Margarita's writing. I know because you can read it. <laughs> oh, she didn't write it. Well... Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Pepperito. Uh, just a minute. Wow. That'll be 15 cents for the grape. Oh. <laughs> I can't understand it, Waldo. Not one of these five women wrote the note. Well, there's only one thing to do. Sure, Shayla Femme. Never mind that. We gotta find the woman. <laughs> oh, my stars, Mr. Riley. Why? We've been blind. If the mash note wasn't written by a pupil, then it must have been written by the teacher. Miss Jessup? Of course. Didn't the note say that she couldn't show her affection in front of the class? Wasn't Miss Jessup in the coat room where your lunchbox was while we did the test last night? Yeah, but... It's your fault, Riley. Huh? You led her on. Now, what... You gave her cake. You well... wrote poems to her. You played on this woman's heartstrings and aroused the tender passion in her bosom. <laughs> I'm a kid. But what am I going to do, Waldo? Go to her like a man. Tell her you respect her, but she can never be more than a sister to you, and you can never be more than a brother to her. No, I, I can't do it. Well, either that or you'll have her on your doorstep in an hour. Yeah, you're right. You must go to the teacher and say, 
Miss Jessup, I admit I'm a bounder. Yeah. Well, what else do I say? It's too late, Miss Jessup. I cannot leave my wife in the sunset of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, the sunset. That sounds good. I'll say that word for word. Why, it's Mr. Hello, teacher. Uh, 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 Miss Jessup. Well, this is a pleasant surprise. Come in. Uh, uh, well, couldn't you leave the door open, Miss? What? Mr. Riley, you sound as though you were afraid of me. Oh, no, no, Miss Jessup. True, in my capacity as teacher, I may be somewhat forbidding. But here at home, I'm only a woman. <laughs> and I'm only a married man. With a wife besides. What a strange remark, Mr. Riley. Miss Jessup, I got something in my head and I may as well come to the point of it. Miss Jessup, I can never be more than a sister to you and you can be my brother. <laughs> but I'll always suspect you. But, Mr. Riley... I admit I'm nothing but a bouncer, but... <laughs> but it's too late. I'm in the sunburn of my life. <laughs> Mr. Riley, I can't understand a word of this gibberish. Don't you get what I mean? Uh, look, I'll, I'll say it to you in algebra. In algebra? Yeah. Listen, Miss Jessup. A equals me, see? And, and B is my wife, and C is my boy, Junior, and D is my daughter, Babs. So A plus B plus C plus D, that, that equals a happy married fellow and his family, right? Yes, but what... A Here's all the little letters snuggling up together. One comes X. X? Yeah, yeah, this X is a certain female woman that's wrote me this mush note in class and wants me to go on picnics. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, you're worried about this X, this unknown quantity. Well, in this case, X ain't unknown because X equals Y-O-U. I see. <laughs> what? Uh, Are you insinuating that I wrote you a love note? Well, didn't you? Mr. Riley, in simple kindergarten English, I did not write you any note. I have absolutely no personal interest in you. You mean you don't love me? <laughs> Certainly not. Let me see that ridiculous note. Here. Oh, why, this is not my handwriting. Oh, but wait a moment. I have seen this writing somewhere. In school, I... You know who done it? I think I know who it is, but I can't tell you until I confirm my suspicion. Now, now you go home. I'll try to straighten this out. Oh, gee, that's swell of you. Thanks, Miss Jessup, and, and please excuse oh, me. Oh, I'll overlook your lapse of judgment, Mr. Riley. After all, fools rush in where angels fear to tread. Gee, <laughs> Miss Jessup, thanks for calling me an angel. Goodbye. <laughs> Spring, four, five, three, two. Hello? This is the John J. Boscowitz High School. Is this Mr. Brecker, the janitor? Speaker. This is Miss Jessup. I'd like to speak to your little girl, Joni. Oh, she's right here. Hold the way. For you, Joni. Hello? This is Miss Jessup, Joni. Now listen, and I want you to tell me the truth. Did you write a note 
and leave it in a lunchbox in my coat room? Oh, um... Speak uh, up, Tony. Uh, Speak up. Yes, I put that note there, Miss Jessup. Well, Mr. Riley found it there. Oh, and... but it wasn't for him. It was for Junior Riley. I thought as much. Hmm. Well, in that case, I think you'd better go and explain to Mr. Riley immediately. Couldn't you tell him, Miss Jessup? No, no. I'm sure he'd rather hear it from his mental equal. Now, Riley, will you stop? I've told you a dozen times I won't go to a movie on Saturday morning. You know this is the day I wax the floor. <laughs> well... I'll wax them. You slip out and have a good time. Oh, you're acting very strange, Riley. All morning you've been trying to get me out of the house. Are you not going, huh? No. Well, then I might as well tell you something. I knew you would eventually. Well, go on. Dumplin', you know that love note that I was telling you about, the one my friend got? Well? Well, I'm... My friend. Oh, so that's it. Yeah. Well, I suspected as much. You were so worried. <laughs> Dumplin', ain't you jealous? Why should I be jealous? Because some fat and dumpy middle-aged frump writes your silly note. Well, now, 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 wait a minute, Peg. How do you know she's fat and dumpy and middle-aged and a frump, huh? Well, after all, dear, I love you because I know your sweet side. You're no Romeo. Oh. So you don't think a beautiful young girl could fall for me, huh? Riley, I know there's a shortage of men, but really it isn't that bad. <laughs> oh, is that so? Well, it so happens that I got a pretty good idea who this woman is, and it may interest you to know, Mrs. Riley, that she ain't only gorgeous, but she's young. Oh, she is, huh? Yeah, she's... She's younger than you and, 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 and beautiful. The, 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 the sophisticated kind. Just my size. Right, that, that's her. Dumplin'. Dumplin'. Two, two's the company, three's the crowd. Go, go, go someplace. Go down in the cellar. I'm not budging. Come on, let well, her in. I guess I'd better. Well, here goes. Hello, Mr. Riley. Oh. Oh, hello, Joni. You'll find Junior in the backyard. It's you I wanted to see first. Well, what about, Joni? It's about the note I wrote. What? The one you found in Junior's lunchbox. I really meant it for Junior. I'm very sorry if you thought I was in love with you. I'm really not. Honest. I better go now and find Junior. <laughs> oh, Riley. Just your type, isn't she? Very sophisticated. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you got anything to say? Well, well, <laughs> I wasn't so wrong after all. She is younger than you, ain't she? <laughs> How would you women like to plan dinners for a brand new family of 500 instead of your average family of five? Well, that describes what the hotels are up against these days. So if you can't always get a room when you want it or have to wait a little for a table, just remember that the hotels are taking care of more people than ever before. 
and still maintaining as best they can the fine standards they've built up over the years. Out in the kitchens now, famous chefs look into the larders and see fewer of their customary roasts and steaks. They know that large quantities of the finest meats and cuts produced by the meat industry are going to feed G.I. Joe's and G.I. James, and none of us would change that. But you can't keep a good chef down. Resourcefully, the hotel chefs of America have turned their skill to tasty bubbling stews, crisply browned spare ribs, richly braised ox joints. They serve up Swiss steaks that are fragrant and juicy, artfully seasoned hamburger, kidney stews that are masterpieces. The meat industry's hats are off to the hotels and hotel chefs of America for the grand wartime job they're doing. Well, Junior, did you have a nice time with Joni on the picnic? Oh, it was all right. Pop. Yeah? There's something I want to ask you. Well, shoot, son. Well, what does a fella have to do to stop a girl from running after him? Well, it's funny that you should ask that, Junior, because when I was younger, I had a girl running after me. Well, what'd you do? Well, first I made fun of her, and it didn't work. Then I argued with her, and that didn't work. Then I acted cold to her, and it didn't work. Well, then how did you finally stop her? I married her. <laughs> Follow The Life of Riley, starring William Bendix and sponsored by the American Meat Institute, next week at the same time. Riley has an hilarious predicament with a mysterious Christmas package and one Digger Odell, the undertaker, straightens him out. William Bendix appears on this program by arrangement with Hal Roach. The Life of Riley was directed by Don Bernard with music by Lou Kozloff and came to you from Hollywood. This is Ken Nile saying, see you next week. This is the Blue Network. 7.30 KECA Los Angeles, transcribed. <laughs>